Welcome back to We Talk Soccer, a podcast by two United fans. I'm Caleb, here with Sasha. We're here in our historically accurate pilgrim gear. Um, unfortunately, the video is not working, so you can't see us in our historically accurate pilgrim cosplay. Um, you know, Thanksgiving pilgrim. Did you have to, ever have to dress up as a pilgrim, as like a small child in like kindergarten? I vaguely remember doing that. Uh, I think at a very young age, we did like the the crafts where you like make a pilgrim's hat or something. Mm-hmm. But I never had to like dress up formally for a play or anything to be a pilgrim, and I'm and I'm glad. I feel like that's kind of scarring. <laughs> I instead had to dress up in like for Russian plays for the Russian church I was in. So <laughs> I, I had my old my other you know humiliating performances. I feel like we would like make pilgrim hats out of like construction paper, and like. Probably, I drew, I grew up in a small town in Wisconsin, but I moved there from like a a bigger town from Wisconsin. I, I lived in Jefferson, Wisconsin until I was in second grade. And I feel like there we had kids dressed up as uh, Native Americans as well, which now would not fly. Absolutely not. I feel like we had to do that for like Thanksgiving, which is so dumb. Yeah. Uh, if I was a, a, an elementary school teacher, I, uh, which I should never be allowed to, to be, I would use this current moment to be very morbid and be like, and teach the kids about the truth of Thanksgiving, which is that a whole bunch of white settlers spread diseases to the Native Americans and wiped out, I think, something like 70% of their population on the East Coast. So many. <laughs> yeah. I mean, you probably shouldn't be a... <laughs> <laughs> and then I'd use that be like, hey, kids, can you draw that to any parallels in your current life? And, and just um, have these kids be so depressed. <laughs> so just speed up the process <laughs> is what you're saying. Just like... <laughs> yeah. So we all learned that when we were in our high school slash college age. Really? That's what, that's what happened? Fuck. All right, just going to listen to emo. And top fund. And oh, what's this? <laughs> that, is that Joy Division? Awesome. I can't wait to get sad to this. Okay. Suit of Thanksgiving. What are your plans? What do you, what do you got going on? Uh, I, I work throughout the day and then I'm going to come home and enjoy time with my roommates. Nice. Get that holiday pay. Yeah. So I'd love to, like to hear. Um, I got some duck breast from one of my co-workers who's a hunter and that's marinating marinating right now overnight and gonna grill that up um with some cranberry sauce my dad's famous recipe which he graciously gave to me which i'm sure doesn't have any missing ingredients that he's like just keeping out to make sure that we keep coming back when it's safe to to eat his cranberry sauce but uh speaking of my dad he's the only one who asked us asked us uh, questions this week um if you want to join the question asking ask us the hard the hard-hitting questions like the best food part of thanksgiving like my dad just did this week uh, you can join our slack channel for three dollars a month on patreon um lots of good discussions going on there some banter going on with the seattle fans uh sasha and nick former producer of this podcast and the banter kind of falling short obviously because well, we'll we'll do that get to that later. Um, but our first question: best food part of Thanksgiving, Sasha. What do you think? What's your favorite? What's your favorite food? Thanksgiving um, food. So my my family, my mom was always responsible for making the pies, and it was like this big thing of pride that she had made the pies. She didn't go out and buy them. So like, and we weren't allowed to taste any of them, right? Uh, before you know mm-hmm. Thanksgiving. Yeah. So tasting that that first. 
pumpkin pie. I love pumpkin okay. pie. You know, a little, little bit of Cool Whip. After, I mean, you're ready full. You're like, I shouldn't. But you're like, you know what? I'm going to go into that sugar glaucoma coma <laughs> overdose with, with some, and, you know. Uh, yeah, that was the best part, the fall, is knowing I was eating this. Yeah. The falling asleep on the couch after dinner. Yeah. <laughs> Um, I think my favorite food part, I do love the cranberry sauce my dad makes. It's absolutely fantastic. I hope I do it justice this year, but it probably won't be the same. Um, other than that, my grandma makes the best stuffing. It's so good. It's so good. She puts like sausage, like crumbled up sausage in it too. It's just, oh, it's delicious. I love it so much. Um, next question also from my dad. He has three questions. This is part two, I guess. It's like those math questions. When you got math homework, you're like, oh, nice. Only questions one through three. There's like one A through Z and then two A through fucking X. You're like, oh, this can take forever. Um, best part of a normal, in quotes, Thanksgiving holiday. So like any other year where there's not a global pandemic where you might die. What do you think? <laughs> uh, this might be a common tradition. I'm not sure. Uh, when we would have big get-togethers, we would have all these different games to play and like so we'd have cribbage and dominoes and we'd play hearts and and other things like monopoly and and also we'd have a ping pong table so there's all these games of competition and the best part was seeing a younger generation which included me being kind of towards the younger age like just smack talking the older generations of like cousins and uncles <laughs> and going like you know and, and sometimes not being able to back it up but also like over the years how you progress like, I remember two Thanksgivings ago going to get up against uh, two of my uncles, and I was playing with my brother, you know, playing duos in cribbage, and we beat them. We skunked nice. them, and that was, like, such a big accomplishment, you know? It was just, like, this older, gen younger generation of brothers beating the older ones, um, you know? And I had to be, like, you know, humble in victory, but inside, I was just like, fuck yeah, dude, you guys have been teaching me and kicking my ass for a decade. <laughs> <laughs> um, me and my parents and my wife uh, do a turkey trot every year. For we keep signing up for whatever reason. I have no idea. But every morning, Thanksgiving morning, we we wake up at like seven and we're like, "Why the fuck did we sign up for this again?" But then we go and we run and we have fun and we come back at like eight thirty with some Starbucks that we stopped at, some treats from the race because they give you like like protein bars and beef sticks and bananas and all these things and you should crack shower and then crack open a. Mitch drink or a beer at like 10 or 9 and watch the parade um that's that's a recent one that just started happening but it's probably one of my favorite part of a normal Thanksgiving holiday that I seriously miss but I will be sleeping in tomorrow so who knows yeah. <laughs> um and then I will, oh go ahead yeah I was gonna say nothing embodies family like uh mutual suffering <laughs> <laughs> exactly <laughs> No one's happy when we wake up. Everyone's happy when we're done, you know? Yeah, yeah. And then uh, to move away from Thanksgiving, I'm trying to transition very nicely into the soccer portion of this podcast. Thank you, Dad, for doing that. Uh, I did my segues from him. Um, <laughs> best moment of the loon season. Um, we said our favorite goals last year and our best saves, but best moments, what do you think? Um. I've already talked about my best moment on here, which is my trip to Portland. So I'll that's, that's, my second best moment. That's right. You saw them live this year, you lucky bastard. <laughs> yeah. Um, my second best moment was that next following game was the watch party at producer Nick's house. It's the last time I saw him. The last time I was physically with other supporters <laughs> cheering on our team. Um, 
And I think that it's it's even more sweet in this moment because we advanced to the playoffs and that team we smoked away at the, at the beginning of the season but somehow snuck into playoffs did not advance. So fuck you, San Jose. <laughs> Jesus, that, 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 that got real, real harsh at the end. Um, real aggressive. I like it. I like it a lot. Keep that, keep that, that energy going, Sasha. Um, best moment, I think... Probably watching Reynoso play for the first time and like realizing, oh, he, he's the real deal. God damn. All right, we finally got the guy that's going to bring us from one level to the next. So I think that's a good moment. I don't know, man. Going far in the MLS's bad tournament, that 4-1 win in San Jose was also fantastic. Just watching us tear apart that team. One of our biggest wins, I think, of all year. So for... I think we all saw late. We won four nothing, which is also great. Um, it's hard to pick a, a one moment because they all kind of blend together. Like, oh yeah, where was I when this was happening? Oh yeah, on my couch, like every other game. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah. Because because you didn't get any of the pregame, you know, any marches of the magic no, or us you know, sit, drinking at the bar or drinking yeah. drinking criminally underpriced Mitch drinks at uh, <laughs> Blackheart. Then coming back for a karaoke and a drag show. Oh, I miss that so much. Um, but let's not look too fun. Too, uh, let's not look back on the season in uh, sadness of what we weren't able to do. Let's enjoy what's happening in the MLS playoffs because it's fucking bananas, Sasha. The script writers of this have taken all of uh, Aaron Sorkin's cocaine from the 90s and have sorted all of it for the first round. I don't know what they're going to do for the next round. Probably whatever Hunter S. Thompson was doing when he was writing shit. <laughs> but first, we started with the play-in games. Uh, Eastern Conference had 10 teams make it, and then can't help but say this every single time we mention this, Atlanta was not one of those 10 teams. It's just fantastic. <laughs> um, but the play-in games into the, the first round of the playoffs, it was New England versus Montreal and Nashville versus Miami. Uh, New England... Beating Montreal two to one, Gustavo Bo and Carlos Hill with the goals. Gustavo Bo storing from outside of the box in like the ninety third minute in stoppage time, crushing the Montreal team. There was this image at the end of the game where there was a poor little Quebecois player on the on his knees. He looked like he had just watched his favorite puppy die, and I was like, "Oh, I feel so bad for you." But you did get to go back home to a functioning country. So, are you? Did you really lose this game? Win-win <laughs> <laughs> for Montreal. Really going back yeah. to Montreal, where they're you know smart there. <laughs> <laughs> oh man! A uh, Nashville going up against Miami. They're next playing game, and Nashville just destroying Miami. The battle of the expansion teams. Miami. Uh, I think you said before this, you're really glad that Lee Wynn went back to New England so he actually did feel some <laughs> some success again. Because Miami, oh, Blaise Matuidi is in, in America for a paycheck and only a paycheck because he was burned past by Nashville players on each of the goals that Nashville scored and then yelling at his defense when they didn't step up. It was a really excited to see probably the most boring game of the entire round or the entire first round, first kind of section of the playoffs because Miami never looked like they were in this game 
Yeah. Uh, Miami, the team, going very much the same way Miami, the city, did in COVID, which is the first to go. <laughs> Rest in peace, Miami, the city. I guess. Are they, are they done? <laughs> I mean, they're on their way out. Oh, God. Um, <laughs> this is too dark. Anyway. The, I mean, it's Thanksgiving weekend. Hopefully no one listens to this. We can be as dark as we want, <laughs> Sasha. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, the fighting David Beckham's retreat back to Fort Lauderdale, their true home, to regroup and probably buy some other aging star who's not going to take this lead seriously whatsoever, like Blaze McTweedy <laughs> did. Um, into the Eastern Conference, first round proper. Our first game, our first day of, I believe, Saturday, where these games took t- t- place. Columbus beat New York Red Bulls 3-2. to two. Really wasn't that crazy, despite the, the storyline. Uh, Red Bulls scored first, but then Columbus have three unanswered, including including a fantastic looping header by uh, Jesse Zardes. Really didn't know how that was going in until actually hit the side netting in the back of the net, and I was like, "Oh, that was actually pretty good." Uh, Brian White pulled one back very, very late for New York Red Bulls, but again, they didn't really look. Columbus looked the better team. Definitely. Um... You could say New York Red Bulls offense was B plus and Columbus Cruz was, you know, a good A because they had, you know, their whole left side was unanswered by New York all the way back down back to their left back, Milton, who played great with Archer and Santos. Yeah. Um, yeah. The, uh, Aaron Long and uh, oh, Tim Parker, I think their other center back is uh, really for the first part, at least kind of marked Jesse's artist out of the game. But like you mentioned, Artur and Santos and uh, Milton Valenzuela, I believe his last name is. Yep. Um, really burned them on that left hand side for Columbus, and I mean Pedro Santos with a goal, Nadia Benzardes with the go ahead, and then the eventual game winner. Um, a good performance by Columbus. They're going up against. Um, oh, who are they going up against? They're going up against Nashville. Nashville. Um, yeah. So the two goals that are have been conceded by them by, to New York Red Bulls, maybe not that big of a deal. Since Nashville's offense isn't that potent, but attacking is going to be an issue, I think, for Columbus. Uh, moving on to yeah. Orlando 1, NYCFC 1. Orlando advances on penalties. Um, Nani made a penalty early on for Orlando. NYCFC utilized on a corner. And then a just nothingness happened. Ruan got sent off for kicking a, I think it was Tanner Holm in the balls. Like very bright blatantly. Um, other than that, oh yeah, oh yeah, oh yeah, this is that's right. This game was t- totally crazy. The penalty shootout was 25 minutes long. Sasha, can you walk me through this, please? Yeah, we uh, I, f- I feel like the the goalpost warned us about how chaotic this was going to be. Uh, because Maxi Morales goes up to shoot. New York's first goal, and he hits the underside of the crossbar, and he celebrates it, thinking it's thinking it's a goal, but it wasn't. This is like one of your best goal takers, right? He misses, but that's just the start of the and craziness. The, the announcers were like, <laughs> "Why is he celebrating? It clearly didn't go in. Like, he fooled yeah. no one." <laughs> um, yeah, but uh, was it New York or Orlando's keeper uh, got there's his second yellow, Gillespie? Because he stepped off his line for one of the PKs, for th- and because of the current rules, uh, he he they don't get reset at the PKs. He got a red and was sent off. 
Orlando was suddenly thinking that they could sub in a player, but you don't get to sub in a player when you get a red. Uh, I think it's, it's, so yeah, it's only an injury. And either, even if he was, Delezia was, was injured, Orlando's out of subs. So they were SOL anyway. But the backup goalkeeper gets onto the field and into the net. And they're like, <laughs> oh yeah, this is fine. Until like someone like from like somewhere, from Don Darber's office probably, calls Alan Chapman like, hey, what the fuck are you doing? Mickey Mouse lead. What are you doing? Eventually gets him off there. Then Orlando finds a new hero. Yeah, Roberto Schlegel, their center back, the the, the dude with the wackiest face. Uh, <laughs> that's, sorry, that, that, that's the best way to describe him. But he, he he puts on the gloves and he steps up. He doesn't make the first penalty. His his uh, effort in the first penalty could be described as minimal, <laughs> to say the least. He, I I would put it as a center back trying their best. <laughs> he doesn't even dive. He just like kind of steps and like looks at the ball like oh wait well whoops. <laughs> So it's okay though because Match Morales missed the first penalty. Mm-hmm. All, all uh, Nani not- has to do the best player for Orlando. Nani he's made one earlier. All he has to do is make this net save. Sean Johnson pulls out a fantastic penalty, and as far as I know, they don't review his feet at all. <laughs> yeah, that's also the only save Sean Johnson makes. He had missed the other three PKs. Everyone thinks he's gonna like Nani's gonna slot this one home. You know, the dead eye, the sharpshooter. It was Sean Johnson. <laughs> it was going top right corner. This was a fantastic save by Sean Johnson. And again, as far as I know, they don't review the, his feet at all. They're like, no, we should keep this going. So yeah, so now it's into sudden death and Schlegel, who everyone's like, oh, this is free, right? We're going up against a center back. He makes the save for Orlando, and they start celebrating like they've won. I think they did, but they forget. No, it's tied. They just score one more. And after about, what, three or four minutes of them celebrating, they finally did. I don't remember who took I think I don't remember who took the DK? I think it's was DK. It, was it DK? Yeah. Either way, the guy who steps up next stores it. They can finally... <laughs> celebrate like they were celebrating so bad so insanely after Schlegel's save that their coach is almost off the field (laughs) (laughs) so they're going up against uh new england and delays they they uh appealed his red card it was upheld so they'll be without their starting goalkeeper brian rowe who's kind of a journeyman across um the uh mls will be in goal. Not a bad goalkeeper, but not at Deleuze's level. Um, I would say probably a little bit worse than, or around the same level that Bobby Shuttleworth is at. They're kind of in the same vein of like, on their, on their, on their day, they're a B plus, but they're more likely a C plus slash B minus on like average. Um, and also Ruan will not be there because remember he stamped some dude in the balls. Yep. You can't do that. You really can't. Um, shout out to Orlando's marketing team I think within the hour they had a Schlegel goalkeeper kit up on the store and I heard by the next day it sold yep, out just that's the center back who put on the gloves by the marketing team <laughs> Yeah. Um, Alan Chapman and his crew the referee crew will not be doing any more playoff games um, people have been giving Alan Chapman a lot of shit for this he got it right he was off his line it was a second yellow and a straight red, or a, a red after that for Deleuze. 
the one thing that they should be admonished for is the fourth official allowing the substitution to happen because that not that shouldn't have happened. The fourth official, fourth official is supposed to know how many subs each team has and whether it's legal or not for them to sub on a goalkeeper, all that sort of stuff. So I, if I was Alan Chapman, I'd be asking some serious questions to my fourth official, but we don't have to worry about that until them until next year. So yeah, um, real quick or not real quick. <laughs> All these games are nuts. Uh, yeah. Toronto lost to Nashville. Number two seed loses to Nashville. one nothing, And Toronto playing like a team that's been living up out of their suitcases for months, which they have been this game. A quote-unquote home game for Toronto took place in uh, Red Bull Arena in New Jersey, which, as you might not know, dear listener, I'm not an expert on geography, but it's not Toronto. So <laughs> they've been playing their home games there for a while now. And again, like Montreal losing out of this playoffs. Toronto losing is kind of a win-win. They don't go back to a country that's actually you know, handling this better, this whole COVID thing. So that's good. Um, but Nashville had three goals called off for offside. Rightly so. They were offsides. They found out their goal in second half of stoppage of uh, extra time where Mustard dribbled past uh Omar Gonzalez doing his best, best ablazement Matweedy impression, and his saw a shot deflected by Clinton Westbird. Daniel Rios, who was there for USL, slots at home. Nashville undefeated in the playoffs, a hundred percent win percentage. Who saw this coming? We didn't. <laughs> Nobody. Nashville and San Jose and who knows are out here just to ruin everybody's table. <laughs> Um, speaking of ruining tables, uh, Toronto, a big name, get knocked, gets knocked out. The next biggest name, the Supporter Shield winner, Philadelphia, get knocked out by New England, Bruce Arena's uh, team that's uh, you know on the on the battle path. Yeah. They twi- quickly got two goals in the first half. Yeah, uh, Carlos Dill, Carlos Hill, sorry, um, really bad from injury, fully fit in their last game against uh, Montreal. His goal there was fantastic. Um, these two goals, uh, one by the youngster Buchanan, and I don't remember the. I think the other one was by Carlos Hill. I turned this on after the Nashville Toronto game, and Nuno was already up two two nothing. Um, the curse of the Sporter Shield continues. Philadelphia gets out, um, knocked out. Um, very disappointing, I think, for them because this team's going to be broken up next year with Brendan Aronson going to uh, Red Bull Salzburg in Austria and Martin Tenzi. Looking like he's on his way out over to Europe as well. The young center back uh, was the last person off the pitch in Philadelphia. Um, probably enjoying his last moments out there. Uh, this was reported by um, was uh, Jonathan Tannewalt, who's the beat reporter there for Philadelphia Union. Um, so, again, New England moving on past Na- from past Philadelphia. The East, kind of a land of upsets. Do you think the playing games <laughs> helped these two teams kind of find their footing and find what they wanted to do? A hundred percent, because the playoff the the first game in playoffs is always the hardest because you're getting back into the groove and you're shaking off the nerves, especially if you're a team that hasn't been to playoffs before, um, like Philadelphia. Like I mean, this is their second time, I guess, they're, but they don't have much experience. Those nerves can throw you off your game, and New England already had a game to throw the like get rid of those. They came into this game quick and ready, and they. They show that they were more prepared on the day. 
Yeah, I, I have to agree with you on that one. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, let's move on to the Western Conference, cover those games. After this, we'll do our predictions. Um, Sasha, I'm sorry there's no quiz this week. Um, do you <laughs> like God. turkey? Yes. Okay, you, you passed the quiz. Awesome. <laughs> <laughs> First game in the Western Conference. Kansas City 3, San Jose 3. And the only notes I put there, you filled them out, obviously. The only note I put underneath this game was, holy fucking shit. Because this game was bananas. This is the first game of the day on Sunday? Yeah, on Sunday. And man, did they set a tone that no other game to live up to. (laughs) Yeah, uh, this was definitely, gave you memories of the craziness that was Orlando and New York City FC. But I had to eat my own words, because four minutes in, SKC scored a great goal from Roger Espinoza, and I'm like, it's over already. This is a first seed going up against an eighth seed. Oh, was I wrong. I was in for the ride of my life with this game. Because not only does San Jose equalize in first half, they get ahead in first half. So they're up 2-1 going into uh, second half. Both of San Jose's <laughs> goals deflected off of Punchech, the Kansas uh, City defender, one off of, off of his face. And one off of his uh, foot, wrong footing Tim Milia both times. It was kind of hilarious. Yeah. Uh, SKC though, not to be outdone, come out in second half. You know, after that, you know, probably yelling at from Peter Vermees. Oh, you know it. Or you know, you know, just oh, stern you know scolding. Yeah. Uh, and they they equalized pretty quickly. It's two two, and then it was just a battle till after ninety minutes, where you know the golden boy. SKC is, you know, star child, Busio, scores one, and they've won it all, right? That's even what the comment just uh, said. Like, nine, he most likely... N- 90 yeah, plus right? one minute. Yeah, everyone thought that the game was over. Oh. But you can never count out the man who refuses to die. I mean, refuses to retire. Chris Wondolowski. Oh, uh, <laughs> he, he's left unmarked in the 97th minute. Mind you, there was only five minutes of extra time, but because Busio scored, they added an additional two minutes. Well, they celebrated and, for like two and a half minutes. Yeah. And then Tim, so the ref, yeah. Tim Milia took 40 seconds one time to take a goal kick. That adds up. <laughs> yeah, 90 plus so, seven minutes in a game where there was only five minutes of stoppage time. Uh, Wando gets a header unmarked at the far post and before Busio's goal to put Kansas City up almost the same exact thing happens for Wando he had a header free on goal and Milia saved it Uh, added extra time comes and goes San Jose looked like the better team there looked like they were up for it they had more more energy Um, penalties to Milia this has only happened twice to an MLS team where they've had they've missed all three penalties they've taken. This time, where when San Jose had all three of their saved by Tim Milia for Kansas City, and in the U.S. Open Cup, early on in the last decade, 2012, 2011, 2013, one of those years, where Chicago Fire had all either missed or had their penalties saved three times against Charleston Battery. You know who the goalkeeper was, Sasha? It was not Casey Keller. No, it was uh, it was Tim Melia. He's the only oh, person in MLS to do this to MLS team twice. <laughs> so I they they play Minnesota next. I guess the goal for Minnesota is either win or lose. Don't do don't draw. Please don't draw. Yeah. Um, um, uh, if you're worried about this game, 
uh, like we say, don't take it to PKs, but also go in knowing this. This is a first place SKT team, SKC team, who lo- who gave up three goals to an eighth place San Jose team. A, a, so, a, San, a, a, a San Jose team who was on the rise on a bit of a hot streak to sneak into the playoffs itself. But, excuse me, um, Wando after the game. Peter Ramis claimed that he asked Wando if he has one more year in him. Originally planning to retire after, after the end of the season. And rumors are, are circulating that Wando's going to be back next year, which is just great for the league. Um, but also, he wants the ownership and San Jose to, to be serious, and he wants to play for a contender, being San Jose, made some moves in the offseason. Um, Mark my words, COVID might kill the country and the league, but the league cannot kill Wando. Matazo made of the coach of San Jose, basically saying the same thing, like, my future is up in the air right now. I'll be at San Jose if they want to, like, buy me some players, because they really haven't since he's been there. So watch that space there. Uh, Kansas City will play Minnesota United, who beat Colorado 3 nothing for Minnesota's first playoff win since 2012. Good God, that can't be right. That is right, though. It is. Since 2012. Uh, we broke the curse. We broke the curse. I called it last week. We both called it, but I, I, I fucking called it last week that we would not, that we would win by more than one goal. And we did. We got the shutout. Tell me how we did it. Well, uh, it was Kevin Molino started in the first half after being, uh, Reynolds was like tackled. Followed by Lawson Bubatar from, from Colorado, who has great hair still. Can you just point that out? <laughs> great hair from Lawson Bubatar. Never cut it. Uh, Hot Boy just jumps on it and scores easily. It was like, came out of almost no, nothing. Uh, Reynoso had a gentleman's hat trick in this game, um, ma- mainly based on how uh, MLS tracks their assists. They count hockey helpers as assists. Uh, the main assist on the last goal was from Jan Bredouche, but otherwise, Lude on his goal, just an inch-perfect pass from Reynoso. And I called them uh, this on, on Twitter, at uh, TWUnitedFans, TWO UnitedFans. Um, Lude is the Finnish Aryan Robin. He has one move. It's go to his left, on his left foot, and shoot. And it's unstoppable for some reason. Defenders just don't get it. Aryan Robin made a uh, goddamn career out of that. Yeah. And uh, not only do defenders have trouble stopping it, it always, he has the ability to make it take a bounce. He's done this multiple times. So it beats the keeper who's diving for it every time. It's beautiful. And it's, it, it really it is. is beautiful. Um, <laughs> Hot Boy gets a second later on. Great assist and great. Uh, Molina holds up his run perfectly to stay on side uh, and find the open space. Greg just hits him. Um, not great, just his best play of the, of the night. He did clear one off the line. There was some little nervy defense, some spooky bum time for the, our back line, as I think Debasi also cleared one off the line. Mm-hmm. Um, but that being said, Dane St. Clair, oh, he's only 23. I hope he's here forever. I don't want him to go, <laughs> Sasha. I don't want him to go. He's just so good. His positioning has gotten so much better since he started here. He, um, his distribution, uh, even throwing, seems to land at a Minnesota United player's f- feet every single time. Um, and our first uh, playoff shutout or clean sheet in MLS. Uh, you could you tell at the, end of, at the end of the game how relieved 
uh, Adrian Heath was. He looked like he actually like he was like smiling like big and like not like a like a, like a smirky way like I, I was right like, like just relief and like pure joy and it was great to see um when uh uh for a second they cut to him on the bench and he could you know just spun around and punched his fist in the air and you could see i think it was like fucking finally or fuck yeah or some, something like I, he was so <laughs> yeah. there was definitely some swearing in there and i'm glad yeah. it was not a hot mic or um, anything but that was um anything else from this game are, are you feeling confident going into next week I'm I'm feeling good. Uh, there was one opportunity where I think somebody I think it was Lou teed up Reynoso and he had an almost open net oh, yeah. and he hit the right post. It's unfortunate and like it it it, it shot it turned to Inchi right before that too or right after that and he was frustrated. Reynoso was almost in disbelief. He's like, oh, of course, how like how could I miss that? He knew he, mm-hmm. he messed yeah, up. He didn't. But that was his only flaw of the game. Like he was otherwise immaculate. Absolutely. <laughs> and I must say, yeah, him and. It was fun to see how calm Dotson and Chase have become as fullbacks with the presence of Reynosa in the middle. It's they, it's like this beautiful support system that they have now. Yeah, the lineup didn't really have an out-and-out striker, kind of the same way they had it in, in their last regular season game, where it was the front four of Molino, Reynoso, Lude, and Finley, and kind of any one of them to take the central role and attack and... I think that kept Colorado's team guessing. Eventually, Finley was had enough for Ty Tamara, who really wanted to score a goal. He was a man on a mission. Had some good interplay with Reynoso and Molina up top. Um, this game could have been through nothing at halftime with Reynoso missing, hitting the post, and Lude curling one just beyond the bar. Where Oh, that where, curler uh, was so beautiful. Yeah, oh, man. Uh, William Yarbrough and goal for Colorado didn't even move. He's like, eh, that's going out. And <laughs> he was just barely right, you know. Um, yeah. I mean, if we can play like that with a little tightening up in the defense, it not changing anything. Never mind. Let's move on to the next game. Yeah. Uh, Portland won. Dallas won. Um, Portland, uh, Dallas advances on penalties eight to seven. Um, this first half was just fucking so boring, and I, I stayed up to watch this game. This game started at nine thirty because MLS fucking sucks at scheduling games. And they're like, oh, let's start at nine thirty, and I'm like. Oh, it's 9.50. We should probably start the game now, huh? Yeah, let's do that. Just so annoying. Um, <laughs> sorry. Uh, Portland scores Jorge Villafania in the 80th minute. You think it's all over. You think they've finally done it. In the freezing rain of of uh, November Portland. The freezing November rain. But 17-year-old Pepe Reina, who wouldn't even understand that reference, doesn't <laughs> utilize her in stoppage time to force extra time. Um, nothing really happens in extra time except for th- at the very end. Diego Valeri almost wins it with the last, the very last kick of the game. Um, stoops the ball over the defense, over the goalkeeper, and hits the far post and out. Just j- almost like one of the most like iconic Diego Valeri moments. Unfortunately, um, we saw 15 straight penalties saved, uh, uh, made in a row. Sorry. By each team, by uh, by the teams, uh, Villafania, who had stored the goal for Portland, sees his saved by Jimmy Maher, who is former Cosmos goalkeeper, and beats his former coach Joe Savarese. Uh, Dallas moves on with. I I think this one time this I mean it surprised me because you think they lost Reggie Tannen, uh, passed them Palmtall out with an injury, 
can these youngsters do it? I don't know. Turns out they can. Turns out, turns out Pepe Reina can do it. Yeah, it was just a war of attrition. Uh, we forgot to mention this earlier, but uh, you know, Pepe Reina was the second youngster to show up for his team in the playoffs. Caden Clark showed up for New York Red Bulls. Yeah. Uh, with that first goal, so like it's it's a great year for young kids, whether they be young goalkeepers from Minnesota or these you know seventeen year olds coming off the bench to you know to get winners or to like get equalizers and go into extra time. This is historical stuff. And these kids who were born back when Fall Out Boy was popular, my dad's closet brought to them. It, it, oh, it's so frustrating. I feel so old. Yeah, I mean, these kids didn't live through 9-11. Like, just that, <laughs> that sentence is crazy to me. And yet we're still fighting the war. Okay, let's move on. <laughs> uh, Seattle 3, LAFC 1. Another game that should have been done... At, because there were no names, there were no names Monday night. Have this be yeah. the eight, like a seven o'clock kickoff Central Time, but no, it's nine thirty. They don't kick off until nine fifty-five. I ended up going to bed after the second Seattle goal. Um, Ladero, Rui Diaz, Jordan Morris, the usual suspects for Seattle scoring <laughs> their goals. Um, LAFC had a chance to kind of make this a game, but. Vela misses a penalty or has his penalty saved easily by Stefan Fry when it was only one nothing, and then Atuesta stores to pull one back to two one, but that's when JMO Dick Jordan Morris stores is is Brian Schmetzer the most underrated coach? Uh, yeah. I think he's he's the I think he's the wolf in sheep's clothing clothing because he looks so innocent and and like harmless. He looks like a nice dude, but he just slays you in playoffs. Apparently, he looks like he should be teaching like ninth, ninth yeah ninth grade history. Like <laughs> oh, today we're gonna learn about the Romans and like yeah, pulling up like a drawing on a chalkboard because he doesn't have a whiteboard. This guy has a chalkboard and chalkboard only, just writing down yeah. the Roman facts. But he's a, he's a soccer genius. The way they've set up, the way they kind of canceled out Carlos Vela, it's just fantastic. And I feel like he's underrated because he he wasn't there at the beginning of Seattle success. That was Sidney Schmidt. And people, I think people think you know Brian Spencer comes in and like oh he's just taking all of the talent that Sidney Schmidt cultivated and making them better. But you know Rui Diaz wasn't there. He's basically kind of put back their back line back together because they were god awful um, end of last year, beginning of this year, uh, end of last year. I, I guess in the middle of the season last year and beginning of this year, um, Jordan Morris needed to be developed. He's a much better player than he was now, and Lodero is should now be considered like a, a year in year out MVP candidate. Yeah. And, and I don't want to give Seattle the underdog tag because they're not they've been in the playoffs every goddamn year they were in the league they won the buff the fucking cup last year they're not underdogs but i, f- I just feel like brian spencer has this, has a thing about him like oh yeah him he's really good isn't he like you always forget him like oh yeah uh, jim curtin did one of this year you know he's good for philadelphia greg vanny of course you know toronto fantastic peter vermee is one of the best coaches of all time in mls bruce arena hell he's probably the best of all time oh yeah brian spencer he should wipe, wipe the pitch with all of those fools. Like he did with Bob Bradley, one of the best coaches in American history. Sorry. Yep. I'll turn that back off. My Minnesota rules, go Adrian Heath. Fucking 
fuck Seattle, fight and win, whatever. Um, <laughs> let's really quickly give our um, predictions. First game. The first games are on Sunday, the Eastern Conference. Orlando City versus New England Revolution, Revolution Sunday, November 29th at 2 p.m. our time. Sasha, who do you have? Um, despite Orlando having the stronger offense, they're running on two red cards, and this is Bruce Arena's team that's running on hope. <laughs> and I we I overlooked Gustavo Bo last week when we were talking about Argentinians who are showing up for their teams. I will not this week. I predict they'll make it through and Lee win. Uh, the heart of a hero for this team will 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 make it to the conference final. Uh, Teal Bunbury also playing for that team, playing well, starting every game. Brandon By, I think, still injured for the team, former M- Minneapolis City Crow. Um, Carlos Hill has, coming into the the team has really changed how they've played. He's really we forget he's been injured for so long. His goal against Montreal was his first in over a year because of injury and just not to be able to get fully healthy. He's back hundred percent and that's scary. And like, Orlando City's missing one of their fullbacks. Ruan through injury, Deleuze uh, through injury for red card suspension. Deleuze is out through red card suspension. Does Brian Rowe have it in him? I don't think so. I think Andrew with the New England moves on to the conference finals. Next game at 7 p.m. Sunday night, Columbus Crew versus Nashville. Now, we have two coaches who have both won uh, MLS Cups with different teams. Caleb Porter, who spells his name wrong, uh, coaching Columbus, won the, the Cup a couple of years ago with Portland against Columbus. And then Gary Smith, of course, winning the Cup with Colorado Rapids. Um, What's very similar about Nashville right now and that Colorado Rapids team is that they're solid at the back. There's if they did a lead, good luck breaking them down. It's going to take a, a mistake by them rather than like I think it's going to take a mistake by them rather than my like, just good attacking play. It's going to take either a mistake or absolute worldy of a goal. Does Columbus do the Columbus crew have it in them? I think so. Darlington Nadby. He's the constant from Columbus Crew to that Portland Timbers team that uh, Caleb Porter had winning the cup. Jesse Zardes. We give him a lot of stick, but he stores goals. People forget about Pedro Santos. He's a fantastic winner. We said, you know, mentioned Artur and Valenzuela earlier. They're going to be attacking the right back and of. Nashville constantly. I think Columbus Crew eked this one out. Eat it out. One nothing. Uh while I, I would have picked Columbus Crew last week, if you had asked me this question, you picked Nashville last week and that got me <laughs> that has now convinced me after seeing this week to get on the, the that hype train. I say Nashville all the way to the final, man. We're fucking going. <laughs> Expansion team. That's not as shitty as Atlanta making it in their first year. Uh, it would be great to see them in the final. It'd be even better if we if it was Minnesota who met them there. So I am I'm on the the dream the dream train. The, yeah, for Nashville. Nashville. Uh, I think signing in the season might have to be Walker Zimmerman. I know we didn't say him last week, but he's 
he's been their best player. He's marshaled that defense. He's really he, he stores goals on set pieces. He almost scored against Toronto. Toronto if it wasn't for a great set by Twenton Westbridge. Uh, it's this match. It's, yeah. it's, it's basically Watchers of Roman versus Jesse Zardes, and who's gonna win that? Yeah, it it feels very much like uh, Hulk versus Wolverine, which is a matchup <laughs> that constantly happens in Marvel. Where Columbus Crew are this established juggernaut now, uh, with a juggernaut player like Zardes, so they're Hulk. But you know, Nashville is the defense. You know, they're unbreakable, which is which is Wolverine. He's adamantium. He's literally unbreakable. So I want to see that clash. Yeah, it should be a fun game to watch. Um, next game comes on Tuesday at eight thirty our time, which is you know better than nine thirty. Thanks a lot there, uh, MLS. Uh, Seattle Sounders versus FC Dallas. This game being held in Seattle. Um, Sasha, what do you think? Do you, do you think uh, your Sounders can pull it off? Yes, but uh, <laughs> I won't be too cocky like I was last year uh, when it was Seattle versus Dallas. Uh, expect a game. I hope it doesn't go to PKs, but even if it does, I think we'll we can still make it out. I, I'll knock on wood on that one. Um, but it, I can see it being a high-scoring game. I can see a, a four-three game here in in Seattle's favor. This is a rematch from last year's uh, I think first round, where it was yep. a back and forth crazy game that Seattle ended up pulling out barely. Um, I think Seattle does it. I, I just spent however long just watching poetically about. Brian Schmetzer. Yeah, I think Seattle takes this one. Like, pretty easily, too, unfortunately, for Dallas fans who don't listen to this, so why am I apologizing? apologizing. Um, and the final game of the second round of the MLS Cup playoffs, Sporting Kansas City versus your Minnesota United. Yeah, brought to you by Heineken Rival Week, Rivalry Week, uh, the nicest rivalry in uh, you know MLS. I doubt it's going to be nice on that day. Uh, we have to go play at Child's Mercy Park, that uh, a, a, a ground that gives very little mercy to the visitors. Uh, Perder V. Mies is a stone-faced killer. <laughs> he doesn't want to lose to Heath. He probably feels like he has something to prove. Uh, whereas I think we're walking into Mercy probably with like. Come at us, motherfucker. We just got two three oh wins. You gave up three goals to the worst playoff team. <laughs> yeah, I so I think Yeah. So you got Minnesota? Yeah. yeah, so hell yeah. Um I just said their defense attends to City's defense still startling from uh that trade where they sent Itapara to us. Um have never really replaced them. Winston Reed and Punchech in the back don't really um Impressed me much. Winston Reed seems like a walking red card waiting to happen, and I fucking hope <laughs> it happens. That the worst Kiwi. Ours is better. Ours is the best Kiwi. I'm not the Australian, right? which is insulting to, more to him, so I'll call him a Kiwi again. Winston Reed, you fucking Kiwi. Michael Bottle is the only Kiwi that I love, and also uh, James Musa and Noah Billingsley. Also, yes. Kiwis on Miss United. Um, <laughs> Yeah, I think I think it'll be closer than our last game in Colorado. I think Kansas City at least will get at least one. They're allowing fans at Children's Mercy Park, which is fucking so goddamn stupid. It's so stupid. But I mean, it's not our call. And it looked like from the game in San Jose that they weren't really spread out at at all either. So hopefully, hopefully. Miss United won't have any positive cases when we go to the 
Western Conference Finals in Seattle. Um, oh, uh, one more thing, one more note that happened while we were taking notes. Um, Columbus Crew, she just said this before we made predictions. I'm looking like a fool. <laughs> Columbus Crew had four players test positive today for COVID. So hopefully they're not very important. Otherwise, my prediction will probably be false. <laughs> but, but obviously, <laughs> player safety and human safety should, should come first. If four people for Columbus are sick, more could happen. And then if that happens, then they have to forfeit, which means Nashville will go through automatically. And Mitchie just wonder why the hell we're doing playoffs in the first place in the middle of a pandemic. It's, that's been worse since the worst it's ever been, probably. I'd say the worst it's ever been. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And uh, we're gonna, I will, I will and, say, I want to scold. Okay. Go no dead. I want to scold all the teams who did have fans at your games. And especially, I want to scold SKC. Because if your sponsor is a hospital, how the fuck do you not have the better judgment to not have fans in the middle of a pandemic? That's all I have to say. Yeah. Um, well, and then on a, on, a, on a somber note here, um, Argentinian soccer legend Diego Maradona has passed away. At the age of 60, of a heart attack, he had brain surgery to remove a, I think it was a blood clot last week. Um, our hearts and minds go out to his family and the Argentinian soccer community. Um, he's most famous probably for cheating, kind of, for his hand of God goal against England, where he, it was a World Cup game where he leaped up and punched the, the ball in, but it wasn't seen by the ref and given us a goal. Um, this, despite that, he was one of the best players to ever play the game, electric on the field and electric off the field in his personality. Um, he, he'll be missed by the community. He he was a good... He was, I think, coaching recently and up until last year in Argentina. Um, really a role model for a lot of players growing up, and he'll be dearly missed. Um, True. Just real quick. I mean, do you want to talk about Europe or do you want to move on into socials and stuff? We can just move on to socials and stuff. We're at 15 yeah, minutes. Yeah, let's do that. That seems appropriate. Okay. Yeah. You can find me at K. Uh, God, that's not my handle anymore. You can find me at Real Caleb FC. You can't find Sasha anywhere. Yeah, Sasha is currently <laughs> on the lamb because my account was suspended for maybe saying some vulgar things about Trump in support of our national treasure, Lindsay Horan, who plays for the Portland Thorns and the U.S. Women's National Team. She got, uh, she was tested positive for COVID, and I may have threatened the president if she passed away. Uh, <laughs> yeah, that's added to our all, all our impressionable all our impressionable listeners. Uh, I did this knowing I could get flagged by Twitter. So if you're going to do something that's nefarious or questionable, don't do it before you consider the consequences. Huh. That's pretty poignant. <laughs> all right. Yep. Um, you can find all our soccer museums at TWO United Fans on Twitter, at TWO United Fans on Instagram. Um, our Patreon, $5 a month gets you weekly uh, not weekly jesus christ we have not been doing weekly episodes um had two bonus episodes every month um hopefully three we're trying to do three a month sasha have you recorded that yet or are you gonna... if you don't i tend i, I, I don't record I, mine 
No, I have mine written up. I did not record okay. it, but it is written up. So expect to learn a lot about the Warforged race in D and D. Awesome! I can't wait. Actually, I'm really interested in that. Um, I can't wait to edit it and listen. Um, my LTA coming up will be about Sturgill Simpson's Grammy-winning album, A Sailor's Guide to Earth. Um, we have a, an episode on there where former co-host Colin O'Donnell ate the spiciest chip in the goddamn world, and I tried to talk him through it, and it turned out really well. Actually, um, the chip was jet black it was terrifying to see um but i didn't have to eat it so it was actually pretty fun um hoping to have him back on as he and i will do a probably way too long uh 2020 albums of the year podcast it'll be way too long it'll probably be a one or two probably two because then we'll put it two bonus episodes um special thanks to our lead commissioner eric olson hi dad wish i could see you but maybe sometime soon, like next year, hopefully. Wear a goddamn mask so it's hard to see my dad and my mom. I miss them. Um, other than that, I think, oh, Tectonics, thanks, Tectonics, for these that are sound. Last listeners at the music, check them out on Bandcamp and YouTube. Don't check them out on Facebook because uh, Mark Zuckerberg is a fascist piece of shit. Um, other than that, have a happy Thanksgiving. Stay safe. Please don't travel unless you absolutely have to. Um, don't travel now and then maybe you can see your family for next Thanksgiving. Wouldn't that be nice if they weren't dead? All right. Sasha. <laughs> I'll, I'll send us off. This has been two United Pirates. This is now Pirate Radio. Are we and, in the land? Uh, Fuck. I need to. Yes, I need to they know where I live. Yeah, uh, I got a boat, but I need somebody who knows how to build a deck for it. So if you know anybody like that, notch. Uh, I just say Ramirez Watch 2020 and Nashville, Minnesota Final The Dream. Cheered on. Woohoo! Right, to you guys. Everything's saving. It was. <laughs>